Hello and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt and this is episode 68. And on today's show, we are going to be discussing two new films, It Chapter 2 and Hustlers, starring J-Lo, Jenny from the Block. And joining me today, I'd like to welcome Travis. What's going on, man? I'm awake. I'm alive. Yeah, coming at you <laughs> bright and early on a Sunday morning. Uh, and then returning to the show after a brief hiatus. I'm trying to think of the word. Sabbatical? For, uh, what's the p- parental leave? Or... Oh, parental leave. <laughs> Tom, I didn't realize I was getting benefits from this. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, you didn't have to be here. That's a benefit. <laughs> Tom, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah. So uh, before we get into our reviews, uh, Tom, why don't you tell us, how's, uh, how's it being a father? Uh, being a father is great. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A lot of work, but uh, super cool. Especially, he's like he's just now starting to enter the world of interaction. So he thinks rattles are pretty cool. <laughs> he smiles every once in a while. He still can't like grab things, but <clears throat> it's really fun because he, you know, he looks different every day. He's doing different stuff every day. I'm excited for crawling and laughing, and I think laughing's next. I'm really excited for that. Oh, yeah. That'll be good. Someone to laugh at all your jokes, finally. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Finally. A captive audience. (laughs) Yeah. Plus, NBA season's going to start pretty soon, so we're going to watch so many games together. It's going to be great. (laughs) I know he's not allowed to, like, look at the TV, but he can face me and hear it. Oh yeah, just be immersed. Get it's that get that sound bar, surround yeah. sound. Yeah. Oh, that's what I should do. Feel the the crowd energy. Yeah. Maybe we should just get season tickets. I'll take him. That's not you know being in front of a screen. No, just get those little like event. baby baby earmuffs that people put on like concerts and stuff yeah. like that. You know. Well, we're not. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the real world, kid. <laughs> Have some popcorn. Nice. So are you are you one of those people now that's like, oh my god, you just until you have a kid, you just don't understand what life is all about. Kind of. Yeah. It's pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think like uh the life thing I I do forget that nobody else cares. That's the hard thing. It's like, don't you want to hear like what he did today? It was crazy, you know, or like see these 19 photos that I took. <clears throat> but um Sounds like a parent. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like he's he seems so crazy cute to me right now because he's two months old. And it feels like a time that's not going to be around for very long. And I feel like at least I didn't get a lot of exposure to tiny babies. So I assume nobody else is, you know. They're probably like, yeah, you know, my sister had a kid like last year. I know what laid look like. <clears throat> but... <laughs> for me everything is just like crazy let's see if you have the same sentiment in about two years or yeah like, oh, the terrible twos only come right. once you gotta I just know. embrace exactly. it That's what I'm thinking. live like, in the moment god nine what a cute age <laughs> <laughs> middle school only happens once guys <laughs> yeah so uh i'm i'm trying to be um self-aware in that respect but uh it's pretty fun. You you could be a little bit more of a new parent. I mean, I've yeah, seen like bit. the first pictures that you've sent mm-hmm. came yesterday. 
That's true. I yeah. had to see your newborn baby on Facebook because your <laughs> wife posted it. <laughs> well, we have this shared album, so like we are adding photos all the time, but I guess if you're not part of the shared album. Is it like a cloud album or something? Yeah. It's like, it's family only. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the first like few weeks is just a total whirlwind. And they don't, you, there's so many things you don't know if you haven't like had a kid or had someone really close to you have a, a kid. There's so many doctor's appointments in the first like three weeks. It's crazy. Like, why are we going to the doctor all the time? You know, you just have to go to make sure that your baby weighs like half a pound more. And if they don't, it's like, uh oh, sound the alert. <laughs> we got to get this kid some food, you know, and then you're like freaking out. You don't know what's going on. But well, I'd yeah, imagine they also fine. probably test like the hearing and like, they do most of that stuff in the, um, in the hospital before you leave. Yeah. So he has had to have a couple of, like they, I think after a couple of weeks they did his, um, like they weighed his length and his head uh, size and everything. He's tiny. <laughs> He's like bottom 10 percentile. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, anyway, there's just, there's just a lot of stuff that you don't know. So it was totally crazy. I wasn't getting any sleep. So forgive me. I know I've been, neglectful no you're good we've been surviving <clears throat> have you we've persevered yep. i did <clears throat> i have to say i did not listen to any of the episodes but that's because i wanted to theoretically watch those movies in the mm. future gotta listen to the four hour uh once upon a time in Hollywood oh my episode. god there's four hours and ten minutes I, well i can go back to that one now because i saw that movie mm. yeah so after i say my piece about it i'll go, I'll go back to uh hear your thoughts in detail it was a good conversation. It goes a little long. We go pretty heavy on Tarantino, but oh, okay. Well, that's how Hollywood you turn it into four hours. Talk is good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> well, awesome. Glad to hear. Awesome to have you back. Yeah, yeah. How All are right. you, Matt? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I did say on the show that I had lost my job. Mm. Got a job. Just accepted a offer. I start on the 23rd of September. Won't go into specifics. I'm going to be a stripper now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm starting, a new, starting a new gig soon. So um, yeah, nice little uh, eight-week unemployed, just kind of fucking around, playing video games. You know, Living the life. It was it was the dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Summer vacay. I don't think we could have had more opposite eight-week experiences. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing pants maybe 20% out of the past. That was the same. Yeah. <laughs> Some common ground there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, besides that, just uh, gearing up for fall, trying to figure out uh, which horror movies me and Haley are going to be watching for October. Got it a, is feeling like fallout. It's nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wasn't ready for summer to go. I feel like we no. barely had a summer. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, you, you were probably trapped inside. <laughs> yeah, I was indoors. <laughs> time flies. That, that's what's going on. Yeah. Well, there's there's also that, but it just seems like we, wasn't that hot here in Seattle. Like we had no. maybe a couple weeks where it was. I did have hot, a couple but, of days where I was like, I look out the window at like four thirty, and I'm like, man, it was a really pretty day out today <laughs> i was just inside the whole time just nursing well i even took it to like the next level sometimes because if i was like watching a movie or playing a game that has like some like darkness on the mm, screen cause those draw blinds. those blinds dude. it's a gorgeous day outside and i'm just like in my little cave yeah, out of here so <laughs> yeah you have nobody to blame but yourself i think for yeah. this for the departure missing yeah missing summer. summer but fall's my favorite season so i'm just uh ready for all the pumpkin oh, yeah. stuff 
football. All the spooky stuff. It's right around the corner. <laughs> I have to get a pumpkin any day now. You're gonna what's uh, football? Let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, are you gonna dress? Is he too young to dress him up for Halloween? You're gonna give him like a little pumpkin costume, uh, or I mean, we'll probably do something, but he's not gonna like. I don't know why we. Yoda. We we've thought of so Yoda. many cute like, <laughs> you know, parent baby costumes that I can't think of any of them right now. But but then I'm like, what party is he gonna go to? He goes to bed at like seven, and then we have to be up at three in the morning to feed him. So I don't know what <laughs> we're thinking. Like we should just cancel all of our imaginary plans now. Cool out your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not gonna be Mister Pocket. <laughs> oh, he should be a gold nugget. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, there never you mind. Go. We have to do Halloween's it. back on. We at least do a uh, photo His op. First yeah, costume oh, yeah. is a gold. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's perfect. All right, well, there you go. Sarah will be Tom Waits, <laughs> and you can be. Are you going to be the guy that uh, tries to kill Tom Waits? <laughs> uh, I think I a might. shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll be the meadow. What about the deer? Yeah, yeah. one of the the owl. No, what kind of bird? <laughs> who eats owl eggs? What kind of bird does he try to take the eggs from, and then he feels bad? Oh, I don't know. Maybe like a like a hawk of some sort. I don't recall. He could be an egg. Definitely not an owl. <laughs> owl eggs are not a thing. I'm pretty sure owls are born live. What? Are you just making that up? <laughs> <laughs> they live birth. Owls. Yeah, they put their claws in the stirrups and they just like, blast out the owl into the nest. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Travis, what's going on? Um, football is upon us. Pretty excited about that. Um, Raiders are one to know. Seahawks are one to know. Fantasy teams are looking pretty good. Mm. Whose uh, defense do you have? I always just take like whatever's left. But I've I'm in three leagues too, so mm. but I got the Patriots in one of them, which I think is going to be a good one this year. Mm. Patriots are going to win it all again. <laughs> I got uh, in the league I'm in with you. I got uh, the Jaguars defense. Oh, yeah. They netted me a negative seven points in week one, so nice. that well, was cool. They did play the Chiefs, which it was a bloodbath. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, uh, I went to Bonnie Iver last weekend oh, at the really? Gorge. That was pretty rad. His uh, song, Hey Ma, has been stuck in my head for over a week now. Hey Ma. That's a banger. You're doing it wrong. That one would not be stuck in my head. I don't know this one. Oh, you got to listen to it. Which album is it on? It's great. His newest one. Yeah, he played a good set. Sounded really good. It was cool just to sit up on the hill and vibe out. Sharon Van Etten. Oh, yeah. You like her? Yeah, I would have. Uh, well, I don't know. I bet he. I put. I bet Bonnie Iver puts on a pretty great show. Oh yeah, but Sharon Van Etten is who I listen to more. Mm, interesting. She was okay. She's a little, a little boring. Oh, boring. A little. Her songs kind of sound the same. Oh come on. I mean, man. you could say that about a lot of bands, but Bonnie Iver. <laughs> <laughs> no, his stuff is pretty. Pretty yeah, he different. He switched it up a lot from album to album. Mm-hmm. But okay. I mean, he was he was the centerpiece, or they. Yeah. Is it? Is he the mastermind? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Definitely. He got famous because he, uh, he got depressed after he broke up with his girlfriend and moved out and lived in a cabin in Michigan for like half the year and wrote his first uh, album. It's called For Emma, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it's so good. 
Yeah, it's just born out of heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, had a career night of Apex this weekend. That was pretty amazing. And then I did some charity work the next morning. Got you guys a couple wins. <laughs> <laughs> Tom and I actually won one last night again. Hopped on for one round. Mm. Simpatico. Bang it out. Me and Travis. Oh, yeah. We're just um, keyed in. Yep. Hell yeah. Love that game. Gonna miss that new mode, Armed and Dangerous. When does it leave? Like Tuesday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Gotta you get don't in. think they'll bring it back long term? I don't know. I gotta start tweeting these guys. Yeah. Respawn. Yeah. Hear me roar. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, that's about it. I went to a party last night. Just a little hangout. Played a... I don't know if there's a name for it. There probably is. But it's like basically kings mixed with Jenga. So they write stuff on the pieces and oh. you have to do that when you draw it oh right it's like kind of like truth or dare like you pull the thing and it yeah like, like one of them is like beer wench where if you draw that one you have to be the the drink getter for that round and then there's like uh like neighbors drink so the people on the sides of you drink and then there's one where you like switch seats i mean it's like house rules you make up your own right just i'm sure there's pieces. a template but you could probably get a little creative but that was pretty fun I didn't let the stack knock over, so that was a win. <laughs> Did not allow it. Do you have to do <laughs> like a shot or something? Will. If you, uh... Uh, I think you have to finish your drink, which you had to do anyway. So that was a different. You did game. lose, and you have to oh. clean up the mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That's about it for me. Cool. All right. Anything else you guys want to mention before we get into review numero uno? Well, I thought we'd start with my fan mail. Your fan mail? Oh, right. Yeah, we got a, a backlog of, a, of a fan mail for Tom. Let's, I mean, uh, pull surely this people have been writing in. Oh, yeah. Asking about my health. Just well wishes. Uh, Some hate mail, actually. Interesting <laughs> that they sent it when I was gone. <laughs> They're just cowards. They didn't want you to be here when we saw it. <laughs> no, don't read it. <laughs> well, so it seems I've uh, misplaced my folder of fan mail, okay. so it'll have to wait, Tom. I will save for the next episode. <laughs> I am on the edge of my seat. <laughs> All right. Anything else, guys? No. Unless, Tom, you got any more baby stuff? No. Not that you want to know about. <laughs> uh, Tom, tell us what you hate the most about your son. No. <laughs> yeah, let's God. get into the real stuff. I can tell what he's thinking, and he's a real asshole. <laughs> I don't think he likes me. His poop stink. That's true. I bet. Some of them, man. Are you on 50-50 uh, diaper duty? Uh, well, no, because I'm back at work now, so I'm just not around enough. But oh, Absent father, when, huh? When I'm yeah. home, actually, when I'm home, I think I do. <clears throat> what a piece of shit. <laughs> I think I do most of the diapers probably when I'm home because I usually uh, we usually finish each of his feedings with bottle feeding. I usually do that. And then I just go changing. But it's nice when they're really little, every diaper is dirty. Now it's like every fourth or fifth one, you know, sounds like a waste of diapers. What do you, uh, it gets peed in, Yeah, what oh, do you, but wow. I don't have to wipe any crap off his butt. I was like, is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, it's normal. Okay. So how have you been handling the, the wiping shit? Because my uncle, my uncle Caesar mm-hmm. has, I think, two kids. Mm-hmm. And he's, I think, only maybe changed one or two diapers in his life because he 
gags oh, to the point of almost vomiting anytime he's even around Your a Uncle baby with Caesar a soiled diaper. Needs to grow up. <laughs> That's awesome. When they when they're really little, especially if they're breastfed, because it smells worse if it's formula. It's just I don't I don't know why. The nature it's of the beast smells so bad. <laughs> but if it's breastfed, it's just it's not even that gross. It's like yellow and it smells like bad milk. All right, let's, <laughs> let's get to the <laughs> Anyway. All right. Now it's like fucking black. <laughs> Yummy. And sticky. <laughs> oh, All right. Let's uh, move on to our first review here. Uh, we're going to be tackling It Chapter 2 first. We have a clip. Let's listen. When uh, Mike called me, I threw up. When Mike called me, I crashed my car. Seriously? Yeah. Man, I hear you. I mean, my heart was... Literally, like pounding right out of my chest. I thought it was only me. It was like pure f- f- mm. fear. It's fear. Why do we all f- feel like that, Mike? You remember something we don't, don't you, Mike? Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. So, yeah. I remember all of it. All right. It chapter two is the second chapter in the It film series? Universe. Movies? Universe? Cinematic universe. Uh, directed by Andy Muschietti. Same fella who directed It chapter one. Plot synopsis reads, 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. The film stars Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, Jay Ryan, blah, 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 and Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. So, uh, Tom did not see this one. If you listen to the first part of the podcast, you probably know he's a busy guy. Mm -hmm. So we're happy to have you back. But this one's just going to be me and Travis. Uh, I think you would probably agree with me, Travis, that after the first It, which I think we both liked quite a lot, that we were very much looking forward to It Chapter 2. Went into this thing uh, with pretty high expectations. What I will say is that I think the first It, It Part 1, was a pretty good horror movie. That was elevated by a lot of like heart and humor, you know. But at its at its core, it was a it was a and solid horror movie. Bill Skarsgård, yes, and his performance is Pennywise, incredible. This movie, I think, is a solid dramedy wrapped up in a shitty horror movie. I don't know if that's how you felt, but I um, did not like the horror elements of this movie much at all. Calling it a dramedy seems weird. Just because of the tone of it. Well, yeah. And like all just the, I mean. It's still a horror movie, but I mean, what I found most interesting in this movie was the like characters, uh, basically the way the film tackles trauma and the, these people coming together and the relationships and who they've turned into. And Bill Hader's character in particular has like a little subplot that, you know, wasn't in the first it that was like kind of heartwarming. Um, so there was some, some of good that stuff. stuff. Felt a little clunky, though. Some of it did, yeah. Some of it did, but the highlights of the movie for me were some of those, like kind of more emotional, like character moments. Yeah. Um, 
I think the horror stuff, I think they just went too big. Like it's a lot of big CG, big CG heavy, like almost action set pieces. And it just kind of killed the tension for me because it was either too goofy or when you go too far beyond realism, the odds of me getting scared kind of plummet. Like the stuff in the first it that I found to be the scariest were kind of the more like practical effect stuff. There's a lot of like big monster CGI action scenes yeah. that just I did not find very interesting, you know, so that as a horror movie, I think it kind of fails for me anyway. Yeah, I would agree with that for the most part. I didn't think it was that scary. Um, I did like all Pennywise's stuff, and I do think that character and his performance is the best thing about both movies. And like they could both use more of him, and it kind of sucks that even though he is a big presence of it, like he doesn't get that much screen time, and it just feels a little wasted. Yeah, I think they were trying to be true to the book because I haven't I haven't yeah. read the book in its entirety, but a lot of it is just the the kids and as adults just dealing with trauma and the after effect. There's also more about their home life and stuff, you know. Yeah, I don't think Pennywise is that big of a character even in the books, so I kind of appreciate that. But he's the most interesting thing about these movies, and th- one of my favorite like horror scenes. Even saying it was my favorite, it was very reminiscent of the opening scene of the first movie. I'm talking about like the bandstand scene where he like catches the firefly or whatever. Oh yeah, with the little girl. Yeah, I yeah, thought that was, was a that was a decent scene, but it was very reminiscent of that opening scene from the first movie. So it was just kind of like yeah. you know how it's gonna play out. Like yeah, I, I was gonna say the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, but then you have stuff like the Paul Bunyan scene. That were just so stupid and goofy. Yeah. The fortune cookie scene. Like, a lot of the set pieces were just, like, goofy as hell. Yeah. And kind of killed the vibe for me a bit. I did like some of the imagery, though, of Pennywise. Like, even though it's in the trailer, I do love the shot of him flying over, like, with the balloons. With the balloons, yeah. Kind of kick kicking his that feet. That was pretty awesome. My favorite shot in the whole movie. The opening shot was amazing. The uh, amusement park through the trees. Oh, that was pretty cool. So, yeah. I mean... I, it's kind of cheap to use like a theme park as like production value just because it looks so cool with all the neon lights. But like I'm kind of a sucker for anything that's set in an amusement park. Oh, fucking Toy Story 4, Us. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favorite imagery, I won't be too specific, but there's a scene towards the end where it involved like the colors are really beautiful. Like he's in a big form i won't be more specific than that but he like opens his mouth and it's like oh, you have yeah. the shot of the gold the blue in the background like i thought that was a pretty stunning like image yeah there were flourishes of really cool like stylistic stuff that i appreciated yeah the movie looked pretty good i mean some of the stuff was a little heavy on the cg but for the most part i thought like the production of it was pretty good there's a scene in the first movie that i remember being like one of the it stood out to me compared to all the other scares in the film. And that was the one where they're all watching. I think they're watching a movie or projector or something in the garage. It was it like that kind of, cause that one I remember thinking did scare me, but also felt different than all the other ones and a little bit goofier and a little bit like, like if that happened all movie, I could have, it, it wouldn't have been scary. You I, know what I mean? Yeah. I would say this, the scares or the set pieces in the second one, more aligned with that scene than mm-hmm. some of the other types in the first one. Okay. That's 
probably my favorite scare in the first movie though and i think for that reason it stands out so much because it also it does a thing where like uh the the sound and the image kind of go out and then it clicks back on with like the projector sound you see him like climbing out of the screen and it's just like kind of jarring yeah uh most of the set pieces in the second one are kind of similar to that just in terms of scope it just doesn't when there's that's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's not very interesting. But since that was kind of the only time in the first movie where it did something like that, I think it was a lot more effective. Hmm. I wonder if there was like an audience reaction to that scene in particular to the first movie and that got like ratcheted up in the second one. Don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wonder how that works with like <clears throat> when you make a horror movie pretty much back to back like this, what kind of what kind of considerations you take into consideration (laughs) (laughs) um how'd you feel about the uh uh, performances from the uh the adult actors who were kind of new i thought they were well cast some performances stood out better than the others like bill Hader was probably the standout for me oh he was for sure the best Um, the most funny and just just the best performance um jessica chastain was pretty good Um, i kind of feel like she was phoning it in a little bit yeah i just she it's not. She wasn't bad, but she wasn't like anything memorable. She wasn't given no, a ton no to scream, do. Scream queen. No, no. And then yeah, the rest of the people I thought were well cast. Like they fit the 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 look, I guess, of how they would age. Like especially the the kid with the like the overbearing mom. I yes, he was really good. Yeah, Scott Scotty or something. Just when that, I I didn't realize that was the actor who played him, and when he first got on screen, I was like, "Holy shit, that's perfect!" Yeah. <laughs> um, I do feel like James McAvoy was kind of an interesting choice because, like, I feel like of all of the casting, like he looks the least like Jalen Jalen Richards. Is that the kid's name? Um, that sounds like a football player. <laughs> Jalen Richard on the Raider. Uh, Jaden Martell. Yeah, I feel like he he doesn't look a ton like like him. No, Ma- like maybe the hair, I guess. Yeah, um, he was decent. You know, yeah. James McAvoy was he had some some solid moments, but Bill Hader was definitely given like the the meatiest scenes. Mm-hmm. He has a couple really good scenes, um, and he's funny too. His character made me laugh. Yeah, and it fits with the character in the first one, Finn yes. Wolfhard's character, and it, I I liked how it was like the same kind of juvenile humor sometimes like it felt like they were just like, picking things up where they left off yeah even though that seems kind of weird because you'd think they would mature but i feel like they they wrote that line well where like you could tell they'd aged and matured but then like they'd still crack a, a joke like their kids yeah i feel like it made it made sense for for richie bull haters character but the other guy the one you were talking about like the overbearing mom mm-hmm. i feel like for him it felt kind of forced because he would say you fucking asshole you fucking like he was cursing a lot and it yeah. felt weird for an adult to be talking like a 13 year old boy you yeah. know it made more sense for bill Hader because he's just kind of a goofy guy anyway so it fits more mm-hmm. but this like adult being like you fucking you fucking idiot, fuck you like <laughs> felt a little a little much or his scene down in that like basement you know, oh, yes. So that actually, you just reminded me. Uh, I saw this with Haley. We saw it in Dolby during that huge lightning storm that we had mm. last weekend. Uh, the power went out in, during that scene. Oh, You're shit. talking about, like the leper thing, right? Where it's yeah. like it cut out like right before it reaches his mom. 
the the projector went out, but we could still hear everything. So there was no image, but we could just hear like we could just hear like and then him going oh like. So we were like, oh, what the fuck is going on? And it was out for like five minutes. We could hear the sound, but no video. A bunch of people got up and left. And they were like, I'm getting my money back. Fuck this. And blah blah blah. One guy went out, came back, and he was like, the power went out because of the lightning storm or something. So we we're like, okay. So eventually the sound came down. And then they got everything back up and running, and they like rewinded. Have you guys ever seen a digital projector get rewinded? Yeah, that happened to me for Fallen Kingdom, the Jurassic World. Yeah, they like it's basically freeze frames as it's going backwards. So we were like seeing shit that we oh, hadn't seen yet that as it was progressing oh, backwards. They didn't have it on when they were rewinding. Oh, really? Rest. See, they did. They had it on, so we were just seeing like, amateurs. <laughs> yeah, and then when they resumed it, it was right after that scene because in that oh scene he's <laughs> he's a kid it was a flashback to him as a kid that's when it cut out when it came back it was him as an adult in that room so i don't honestly know completely i think maybe we only missed like a minute or two yeah but yeah so how long sucks. was that whole the whole ordeal incident? yeah mm, maybe about 10 minutes made it made a two hour 50 minute movie even longer yep now that's a good segue because that is everyone's main criticism is the movie's too long. Yes. Uh, I would agree it's a little too long, but it didn't feel long up until the climax. The climax kind of drags on because it's like probably a good 50 minutes when they like, I don't want to spoil anything, but when they enter the house again, basically. Like from that point forward, there's almost like another hour and I feel like they could have probably wrapped it up in like maybe half the amount of time. Yeah, they could have cut that. I also, there's the middle act, I think, is kind of where I got the most bored because they essentially have to find these, like, tokens for that a was ritual. weird. And every character had to go find it. Yeah, right? Like, fucking, they had to bring... Well, I feel like it wasn't even, like, clear what they were looking for or even when they found it. Like, right. there wasn't, like, a sense of, like, satisfaction or, like, oh, I got it, now I'm ready. It was just, like... They kind of, you spend time with each one of them and then they eventually get back together and then like, yeah, I, I don't want to get into spoilers, but yeah. So that, that was, that was my least favorite part of the movie was the, the middle was kind of a slog. I don't think it needed to be fucking two hours and 45 minutes. I think no, even if I they cut maybe 20 minutes, two and a half would fine. be good. Yeah. That, that would have been fine. It just, it didn't need to be that long. Well, and part of it, they had to rehash chapter one a bit in it just to like rejog like audience's memory if they hadn't yeah, rewatched the first one recently i guess i mean it's, the movie's only two years old i like. know but i feel like movies do that sometimes they <laughs> give you a little background of the first one or the previous one yeah usually yeah. they do it in a way that's not like too obvious or just like too cumbersome, you know. They just weave it into the first three minutes instead of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say probably the best scene in the the movie, one of the best scenes anyway, was heavily spoiled by the trailer. You know that first trailer that came out that was basically the Jessica Chastain with the old lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I feel like would have been the best scene in the movie if almost all of it hadn't already been spoiled by the trailer. You know right. what I mean? Because you basically get the whole setup of that scene as a trailer, and then you only get like the payoff in the movie. Right, exactly. And the it was weird, kind of creepy, like the the character model, I will say, but yeah. also a little goofy. Yeah. Because the, 
again, going back to the overuse of CG, it was just, just like... Just give me a little bit of a Gollum vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was a solid scene as far as, like, managing the tension and, and ex- like extending the dread. I thought that was, like, Horror 101, like, by the book, was probably the best scene of tension in the movie. Yeah. The the one in the funhouse was all right. The one under the bleachers was cool, but reminiscent of the uh, sewer scene. Yeah. In the first one. Yeah. Uh, the finale, like climax scene, if if you want to call it that, or sequence, uh, I thought it looked really cool, and like the the character model looked cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, those were the standouts probably. That's about it. Like when I when I think back on like the the set pieces and the scares, I dislike most of it just because it was too goofy. Or there were a lot of people laughing. Like Haley laughed a couple times. Like the the fortune cookie scene. Oh, that was weird. She was that was it was just dumb. It like wasn't scary. It was like what the fuck is happening? And I saw some people's reviews on Letterbox saying that there's one really bad scene in the movie. And when that scene started, I was like, oh, this has got to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a I'm little I'm assuming much. that's in the book, that scene. Or, like, that's... Maybe them, like, having dinner at the restaurant, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like this, these two movies, or this movie in particular, um, like, is a bit troubled for being so faithful to the source material. Cause I feel like there's some, I haven't read the book and I'm not like a big reader or anything by any means, but like, it just feels like there's some stuff that could have maybe been cut or changed from the book to the movie to make it the movie better. Well, I mean, you, you can't really say, right. Cause we don't actually no, know how that. faithful it is to the book. <laughs> I'm faithful. If neither of us have read it, <laughs> I have faith in what I'm saying. <laughs> You know what I mean, though. I, like, I, I don't. We don't actually know <laughs> how many of these scenes are in the book, right? True, but they did I, make some changes, at least in the first. But it movie. feels like it had to have come from there because it's just so stupid. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you have used this if it wasn't in the book? Yeah, huh? maybe could be, especially that scene. Maybe not the Paul Bunyan scene, but <laughs> <laughs> the fortune cookie thing. It had to have been in the book. I'll take your word for it. Five dollar bet. <laughs> <laughs> Is this worth seeing in theaters? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, wait for wait for the prime release. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'm always a a fan of yeah, going to I've, see. The I'm big not even really asking you in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> but given your situation, mm-hmm. probably not. I would weigh movies heavier. You know. I kind of have a feeling you would like it even less than us, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, anything else? That's about all I oh, got. Um, one other thing, yeah. Um, I did like the feeling of just like catching up with the characters and reminiscing. The movie leans into that a bit. Yeah. Like yeah. with just some of the imagery and like the music. Um, but like there were a few times where I just like caught myself getting like wrapped up and like smiling hanging out with the characters again and it was just a a nice like you know nice thing to come back to i guess Mm. (laughs) well that's kind of what i was getting to when i said it works better as like a dramedy than it does as a horror movie because like that was the stuff that i liked was like the reminiscing and some of the flashback scenes there was a lot of heartwarming scenes Mm -hmm. 
But it's, uh, yeah, I guess it's just to the movie's credit, like that the movie can accomplish that feeling when we've really only had like two hours with those characters in the, the first movie. Like usually you would need like, you know, like a whole TV season or something like that to build up that kind of like character development or like attachment to the characters. So Right, which especially in the horror genre is hard to do because most of the time people in horror movies just feel disposable true you know what i mean maybe that's so, why it felt a little more special right exactly that, that's what the movie has going for it yeah. as a horror movie though i i was not scared at any point watching this movie not once yeah and, and i else, thought the first day it was pretty pretty scary at times yeah i do think the like the supernatural elements are just like just the the lore of it and what it all means and like, I get you have to, like, kind of take some of that stuff with a grain of salt because it's, like, you know, it's, like, symbolism. Um, but some of it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And maybe it would make more sense if I read the book. But, like, the whole, like, I forget what they call it. Not, like, the Holy Trinity or whatever. <laughs> the Divine Life. Yeah, what whatever. I, I can't recall. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to read the book now just to see if some of that stuff makes more sense. It's like 1,200 pages long. Yeah, I, don't, I know. It'll probably take me five years to read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. All right. You, you want to drop some star ratings? Anything else? Uh, I'm at a three and a half, I think. I am also at a three and a half. Yeah. Cool. But it's definitely not as bad as some people are saying. Oh, yeah. No, some people are really shitting on this movie. Mm-hmm. And some people really loved it. I was like, wasn't sure which way I was going to go. And yeah. I ended up kind of going down the middle. Like, yeah. Yeah, the main criticism sound like it was too long, but then like a lot of people just flat out hated it and said it was terrible, and I think that's a little too harsh. Well, I mean, if you were looking for a scary movie, like I could have very easily given this movie a worse score just because I think it failed so much as a horror movie, which is what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I have to give it points for the way it looks and the the performances and the, what they do with some of the characters. Like I have to give it points there. Yeah. What I heard was mostly just like people were laughing and you know, people's screenings and it just was not, it wasn't scary at all. People it wanted stupid. to be scared. Yeah. Cause exactly. people were very scared by the first one. Yeah. And then this one, it just, there were not like, I remember when I saw the first it, there were like people screaming in the theater, you know, yeah. just because they were like just surprised and scared. There was like none of that when I was watching this, like barely any audience reaction at all. Yeah. Except when the projector went out and people got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> they okay. were looking for an excuse to get a refund anyway. Someone probably cut the power. <laughs> yeah. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> <Movie's> garbage. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So three and a half from both of us. Let's go ahead and move on to a review two. We are going to be discussing Hustlers. We have another clip. Let's listen. I was a centerfold once. No way. Mm. 93. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Back when Stevie Wonder came in. What the f- Stevie Wonder come in the club for? <laughs> <laughs> Casey had him in the champagne room. Swears to God he's in blood. Wow. <laughs> How come you're so good? I see you with every single kind of guy and I don't know, it's like you have them all figured out. I guess I'm just a people person. Okay, Hustlers is a film from director Laureen Scafaria 
who I just looked her up. She did uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Did you guys uh, ever see that movie? Yeah. No. It's not bad. Yeah. Steve Carell and uh, Keira Knightley. Uh, plot synopsis. Inspired by the viral New York Magazine article, Hustlers follows a group of savvy former strip club employees who band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. Film stars Constance Wu, Jennifer Lopez, Julia Stiles, uh, Cardi B, Lizzo, Lily Reinhart from uh, Riverdale. So. Is she the blonde? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's like the second half of the movie, The mm-hmm. Blonde Girl. Yeah, she plays Betty on Riverdale. Is that the one that looks like uh, Brittany Murphy? A little bit, yeah. Huge Brittany Murphy vibes. Oh, yeah. Huge. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, I kind of get what you're saying, but... Nah. Look again. It's there. <laughs> Double check. <laughs> I haven't thought about Brittany Murphy for a long time. Probably since she, you know, died. <laughs> um. Well, first thing I want to say is that I'm still mad that you guys made me see this instead of the Goldfinch. Sorry, dog. I hope you're happy. I'll find out in a minute here. I'm going to happily read that book on my own timeline oh, and dude. not watch that movie now. Probably a good call. The book is so fucking good. Good. Plus, it's going to go. It's Amazon funded, so it's going to go on Amazon in probably three months I'm anyway. Definitely you know? going to go see Goldfinch this week. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Tom, Tom's the one who did it. Blame Tom. He steered me. The fucking coward. Lives and dies by Rotten Tomatoes. Well, actually, I put the nugget yeah. out there first, I guess. The book is its a factor for me. It's yeah. not just the god-awful Rotten Tomatoes score that movie had. That did scare you, though. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> yes. Come on, dude. Someone's, someone's got a champion Also, this movie. I saw a second trailer for it. The very first teaser trailer that they put out looked amazing. Second trailer I saw, I was like, oh, is this movie not going to be good? I thought it still looked good. <laughs> I thought it looked I like not as good. You agree? I never thought the trailer made it look that amazing. Like, oh, there was what? some oh, cool imagery, but I was like, the music. Yeah. That's like a swelling. mad movie. Yeah. I don't know. Music. It just, it looked like, uh, <laughs> it looked like a copy of like Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close or something. Uh, like that. Yeah. And that movie is not good. I didn't see the movie, but I I hate that book more than any other book I've ever read. What? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> fucking book. hate it, dude. It's oh, the yeah, worst. You talked about that guy on the podcast. Yeah, the I've, I've brought him up before. Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan <laughs> Safran Frall. Safran Frall. First name basis. Did you read his other any of his other stuff? No, I saw everything is illuminated, but I didn't read the book. They made a movie of that too. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got Elijah Wood. I haven't seen either of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't see uh, the movie, but I read the book. It's fucking stupid. Fucking eight-year-old, super genius, vegan, atheist. Eight-year-old? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> anyway, Hustlers is what we're talking about. Um, so there's been a lot of buzz behind this movie. I thought it looked bad from all the trailers. Didn't see one. Really? Yeah. So, but So what? Did you see the Rotten Tomatoes? You're the one who threw out yep. Hustlers. No, Travis wrote Hustlers. I said maybe we should see Hustlers instead. Oh, is that? Mark, oh, as okay. I sent the Rotten Tomatoes. And then score. I saw all these articles about Jennifer Lopez and how she was going to win an Oscar because everybody says shit Tom like that. Tom listens to the critics. Too easily swayed. Yeah. It's fucking fake I, news, bro. I don't know. Go hey. see the Goldfinch this week and tell me if I made the wrong decision. I will. Because I really don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Hustlers, who wants to go first? 
I'll go first. Uh, I liked the movie. A little disappointed by it because there was a lot of buzz, like especially after Tiff. Like people were going nuts over this thing, mm-hmm. saying J Lo deserves Best Actress at the Oscars. Like this should win like the Audience Award, all that. Like people were raving about it, and it's a pretty generic one of these types of movies, like a, a rise and fall, like based on a true story like the when i found out it was based on a news article or you know like a newspaper article i was like that makes total fucking sense because the the story itself is pretty thin like and the majority of the runtime is like essentially the same thing over and over just like their plan just gets a little more elaborate but you watch that's the, the majority of the movie is just watching that plan escalate and escalate until it reaches a point where it all falls apart yeah like a lot of other movies that have these kinds of plots. But uh, J-Lo was good in it. Um, probably the standout performance. Looks great in it as well. She's uh, definitely still got it at age, what, 50? She's probably about 50, I think. I'll check it while you uh, continue. Um, yeah, I thought it, it looked pretty good. It was competently made. Um, that's probably... <laughs> Yeah, she just turned 50 in July. Wow. Yeah, looking good for 50. Yeah. That's for sure. Love the strip club setting. Great setting for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good imagery there. Um, <laughs> I thought Cardi B was pretty funny. She's mm-hmm. barely in the movie. Yeah, she needed to be in it more. But yeah, that's. Did she? <laughs> Uh, well, I it would have been too more. much. I think maybe they got just the right amount yeah. of Cardi B. I-, I wanted more of her. Dude. Uh, she was fun. Yeah, she was fun. Yeah, but if she was in that movie, like if she was one of the main characters, like I would want to fucking shoot myself. She's just, she's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Cardi B, but it would have been too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so overall, I liked it. Um, but the main problem is, is it's too generic. Yeah, and there were like some kind of cool stylistic choices that are made that elevated a little bit, but also some of it I thought was like when the audio fell out. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were weird. Like I I liked them, but I it wasn't it all good. Add to I think Travis said it best that the story is ultimately very thin. There's not enough there there to make this movie better than. A good time. I mean, five minutes in, you know, like the ending and where it's all going to go, basically. Yeah, except I was just a little confused because like she wasn't in prison and it wasn't long enough for it to seem like she went to prison, you know, when I'm because the movie does the flashbacks, right? Right. The flash forward or whatever. So uh, I was confused as to how everything was going to fall apart in a way that made sense in a way that made sense yeah but then ultimately it was just, it just meant that there was really no payoff <laughs> kind of right movies mostly about friendship sort of yeah and like we do know what happened to everybody and it's like given the circumstances like the, not there really weren't much in the way of consequences yeah. for anybody you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like they do this thing, it escalates, it falls apart, they kind of get away with it. No harm, no foul. Yeah, and then it's like, mm-hmm. why did I watch this Clap fucking the movie wrist. then? 
I do yeah. think the performances were good. Like it I thought Constance Wu was was pretty good too. In uh, addition to J Lo, disagree. She's so boring. You think so? I said this after Her Crazy Rich boring. Asians too. <laughs> I don't get it. What is with this woman? Why is she in stuff? She's a good actress. No, she I think just, her character is kind of. She just lame, assumes the flavor of whatever she's in, like a like an ingredient in a broth or something. She just. Well, I said tofu last night, and then Sarah called me racist. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but that's true. I mean, tofu, like, <laughs> yeah, I taking I, away there are the other, other things that do this, but I can't think of them. I can only think of tofu. <laughs> anyway, I think she's so boring. As a person, as a human being, and an actor. <laughs> to her core, she just is completely uninteresting. And actually, I did not put together at all that that was Constance Wu until I saw the credits. At the end. And then I was like, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought she was good. And, you know, I'm not going to yeah, say She anything. doesn't embarrass herself, but, like, I don't understand her as a headline actress she's only been in like two movies she's been the headline in both of them okay she wasn't the headline but she's the hasn't netflix gotten a hold of her (laughs) yeah what kind of trash she lined up to be in and this is all from uh fresh off the boat right that's the show she got famous yeah yeah yeah. i never saw that maybe she's good in that she's just like not funny well like she has no charisma she's gonna be in a movie called low budget ethic ethnic movie what in the fuck? Is that like a not another teen movie? <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> something that will rely on. I don't think it is. It says after a string of crushing personal and professional humiliations, Jack Lee accepts that at age thirty nine he is a failure. Worst of all, he lets down his selfless immigrant parents. To get back on track, Jack reaches out to others: an almost famous guru, a respected arts administrator, and two fellow computer programmers. She'll be the respected arts administrator, all of whom have problems of their own. And it's literally maybe. I do you think they're actually going to call this movie low budget ethnic movie? Yes. Yeah, because it seems weird. That would be a weird like working title. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we don't have much money and we're all Asian. Uh, let's just call this low-budget ethnic movie. It's actually Crazy Rich Asians too, but they're keeping it a secret. <laughs> yeah, right. The, work, the working title. Oh, fuck. Um, so anyway, getting back to Hustlers. I didn't realize you were such a constant to a hater. All the... Well, I am now. See, yeah. I saw her in one thing, and I thought uh, she was boring. This I thought her character it. sucked, and I, and part of the reason that I hated the movie so much is because I thought her character was terrible. And then I saw her in a second thing, and now I don't like her. Right. Officially. Sure. I yeah. forgot how harsh you were about stuff. You would definitely hate it, Chapter 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just feel like it is generic, but you can do you can do things with generic. Yeah. The movie was just... It was mildly entertaining the whole way through, but was, I was just... No, it was fun. It was a lot funnier than I thought it, it was going to be. And it made you feel, you know, kind of got your juices going with those old... It did a little old bit. club bangers and... Oh, like, yeah. Soundtrack was pretty good. scenes of, you know, Jennifer Lopez, like, strutting through, like, acting like a badass and shutting the curtains behind her and stuff. It was fun. It's all kind of one note, like, slow motion, first, fur yes. coat, walking. Like, her introduction, though. Oh man, that was pretty good. Also, fucking oh, Usher showing up. Oh man, spoiler! That was <laughs> such a good scene. The Usher scene was great. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. 
No, this is an entertaining movie, but it's like I could definitely go my whole life without watching it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not. Yeah. I. It is entertaining, but it just the whole movie kind of flatlines. Like not in the sense that it like dies. I just mean there weren't a lot of like ebbs and flows yeah my excitement level was just like mm-hmm. here the whole way through and it never really spiked like even like i've seen strippers before no in bangers. movies and in person like it's just <laughs> i've seen women dancing on a pole like that's not like that interesting and then that drama outside of it there's like, no real thrill there was no um you know even as things start to like escalate you know there's no like big score that they try to go for that you get kind of like nervous for right like this is a weird comparison but widows has the big thing that they're building up to and then you finally get to do it um yeah. so i agree with you it was pretty flat or one note or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um emotionally yeah because this has been billed as like a, yeah. a heist movie but yeah. it didn't really feel much like a heist movie no not really i i liked the movie a lot while i was watching it but because yeah the stakes were relatively low the whole yeah. time like they were never really in danger like they were the ones like being the like danger <laughs> but they're also like the victim as well <laughs> well no i mean there there is an illusion to you don't see it happen but they indicate that one of the girls was raped like when yeah she's in the room with the guy and then it like cuts to black, and then it says when she woke up from the floor, or when she got up off the floor, he had only given her three hundred twenty bucks or something. I think they were implying that she didn't just touch his dick; that he raped her. Oh, I got some. Are you talking about Constance. Constance Wu? Yeah, I thought, I thought he was gonna give her three hundred dollars, and then at the you find out that he only actually gave her three twenties instead of three hundreds. So it was 60 instead of 300. Yeah. So she basically did the, Oh, is act. that what it was? She did the act for a lesser. Maybe rate. that's what she meant by get up off the floor. I took it. Your I way heard three twenty, no, like no, no. $320. Oh, you know no, what I mean? No. So I was like, okay. But I also took it the way you did. And now I look back. I, I think I'm glad you I, brought that. I don't up, know though. for sure. It could, I'd have to see it again. I kind of got got up off the floor. I don't know. It was kind of weird, though, because I felt weird after that scene. Because if I'm reading it the way I viewed it, like, it was like people kind of gasped in the audience, like, oh, no, she only got $60 for that act. But, like, it it's okay or cool at $300. And this probably gets into a a heated topic of just, like... You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> what, sex work? Yeah. Just like, I don't know how like you can justify it based on the, the value, the dollar value. So I, I see what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not taking a stance on either side of it. I Just because I don't want to really get into it. Um, not that I'm for it or against it really. But um, yeah, it was just weird how the audience was like, oh, no. But like if it was... The, the full amount then it would have been okay like i don't know just kind of weird i get i get what you're <laughs> saying i think the the implication is that because i think what you're kind of what you're trying to say is if it was three hundred dollars is that a justifiable amount right. like mm-hmm. does the is it the amount that really matters like i get what you're saying but. yeah i guess it depends on how you look at it too because on one hand it was like he didn't fulfill his end of the deal i don't think she was upset only because I think it was more like what it meant that she'd been shortchanged. Yeah. 
in addition to the act that she had to commit. Right, right, right. It was like, just like that's how low and how like helpless she was in that situation. But this is an interesting movie for strippers. Like for if you, because I would imagine that some of the critical acclaim for this movie would be, oh, it's presenting this other side to the story for these people who are marginalized or whatever. But the only two like uh, backgrounds that you really get to see a lot of are Constance and J Lo. Mm-hmm. J Lo's background lifestyle is so ridiculous. Like she's killing it. If there are strippers who live like that, I am surprised. <laughs> and there's got to be like four of them. Um, but then Constance Wu's character is almost like kind of like a joke, like a cliche. She's helping out her grandma seriously like with money <laughs> and she has to be a stripper to do this. Like how much money does her grandma need? You know, she can't just like work at a, she can't just be a secretary, you know, like what or something. Why does it have to like, why did it have to be stripping? Especially when she wasn't making very much money. There could be some other menial job she could have She's that she could help like grandma out with 200 bucks. cash to her grandma too. Yeah. It's By so the end of it, yeah. <laughs> It was just weird. It was like it was almost like a joke that that was what her life was. It also just seemed a little arbitrary. The movie doesn't really show you why uh, Destiny and Ramona get as close as they do. They just kind of have that bonding moment on the roof when she first meets Ramona. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they're just like best of friends and she takes her under her wing. Like there's really no work done indicating like why Destiny in particular? Like why is it that Ramona decided she was going to help her? And they just like, it just kind of kicks into it. Like a mother figure though of the club. Because she takes multiple people under their wings and like, or her wing and like gives them like the benefit of the doubt. And it's like looking out for them and stuff. She was like her partner in crime. I know what you, you mean. know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I feel like the movie could have done a little bit more work there. Yeah, it seemed all of a sudden. Hmm. Agree. <laughs> she needed a partner. That's why. So she she picked picked her. Yeah. It's simple as that. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do that out of necessity. Um. I don't have a ton more to say. The movie just kind of happened to me. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I don't know. Given how high the buzz was. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I feel like given the current political climate, the movie could have gone a little bit further with some of its like critique of like Wall Street, basically. It doesn't really Just get Just go watch the big a, short. Right. You know what I mean? Like it... <laughs> It was kind of trying to be a little edgy and making a point, uh-huh. but it didn't take it far enough. Because at a certain point, all the movie is really saying is that people on Wall Street can be assholes and they're entitled and white privilege and all this stuff. It just didn't go far enough to actually yeah. be like a searing critique. It was just kind of like... I don't think that would have been the right movie to do the Wall Street and the the Great Recession um, critique. But they sort of weighed into that territory. I think they could have, like, they had plenty to work with with just normal circumstance assholes who walk into a club, you know? They right. don't need to add, they didn't need to add the recession, except as the forcing function for when they start to change their behavior. Right, right. Because, I mean, kind of their whole angle is that they're trying to take advantage of, like, I think it's JLo's character that has, like, a little speech where she's talking about, like, all the sh- shit that they do and we're mm-hmm. basically just stealing back from, from them. And 
that's the moment when I knew she was the best actress this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you just feel about that? Do you think... I thought she was pretty good. I thought she was good, too. She was great, but... Yeah, but good, but maybe a nomination, but there's got to be a better performance this I year. mean, just... <laughs> You can watch something like that and think, oh, this is a really good performance. But then you go watch Three Billboards and you're like, oh, no, that's a good performance. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's the thing where she... Would this be supporting? Yeah, it would be supporting for sure. Well, I think it's... supporting then. Yeah, I think she could get a nomination. But I think people are giving her more credit just because she's acting isn't her primary profession, you know? Yeah, who's the... Yeah. Um, the, the Mary J. Blige? The Lady this Gaga. Is way better thing. than Mary J. Blige. How about Lady Gaga? No, what? Lady Gaga was amazing. <laughs> I, I just asked. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's perfect casting. Like it plays right into her wheelhouse because she's from New York. She's kind of playing up the Jenny from the Block persona. You know what I mean? Smoking bots. She can play a stripper. Like it all works. It no was it was good though. casting. Hmm? She should have sang. Oh yeah. Well, and she typically does rom coms. Not the only stuff she's done. But... She doesn't act much anymore. No. She was just in that one movie, though. Wasn't she in Anaconda? Second act or yeah. something. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Second act? I don't know what it's called. It's... Made in Manhattan. No. Mm-hmm. Geely? No. It, it came out, like, last year. I don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, second act? Yeah. Is oh, yeah. It? Second act. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Star rating? Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say beyond that. She did it was a solid performance. She'll probably get nominated, but I think people are overreacting a little bit. Did yeah. you see people are doing the same thing for Bill Hader in it chapter two? Really? But they're like starting starting the Oscar campaign early, trying to get him a nomination, and it's like fucking settle down. Like he's good, yeah, but yeah. just because someone you don't expect to give a good performance the like that gives needs you one, to stop. Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, who's not expecting it after Barry? Oh, dude, Bill Hader's a great actor. Oh, yeah. Skeleton Twins? Come on. Bill Hader kills it. Anyway. All right. Star ratings. I initially was in between a 3.5 and a 4. Uh, after having slept on it, I'm going with a 3.5 on this one. I rated it a 4, but I kind of got talked down to a 3.5 in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Classic wow. Tom. How is that classic song? You're letting the outside influence in- impact your <laughs> your opinion. It was some of my own ideas that I brought to the table. That Honestly, actually, <laughs> brought me to that conclusion. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel as well. Uh, logged it, well, secretly logged it in my head as a four yesterday. <laughs> 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 After talking, it's closer to three point five, but gonna give that half star bonus star back to the movie for. Despite Matt, all the scenery, mm. especially J Lo's butte. <laughs> oh, so just to be clear, you're giving it a four. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, when we see the goldfinch, we'll know if uh, it's a low four. If we made a mistake or if um, we made the right call. Yeah, we made the right call. This movie had to be seen at some point. The goldfinch. We didn't actually say this. The goldfinch made. Eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars on its opening on Friday, night. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's bad. What? Is, what does like a normal <laughs> movie make on a, a Friday night? Do you know? 
On just a Friday night? What like do you mean? Not, what do you mean? A not normal like an movie? end game, but like a Hobbs and Shaw or like a like a kind That's of a like a tent, kind of like a tentpole release, but not like a like Star Wars or something. So probably twenty to thirty mil in one night. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, if you think about over a weekend, I think it chapter two made like. Or how about hundred... Hustlers? Hustlers would be a good example. Hustlers, I think, made. Can you see that that easily? I'm on, not on IMDb. I could go to like Box Office Mojo or something. Oh no, here we go. Uh, so far, it has made thirteen point one million. But do we know how much it made on opening night? Opening night? No, I'd have to pull up the. Okay. It did well though. It did a lot because I saw some article that said Hustlers breaks a September Friday release record. Goldfinch bombs. Well, I mean, <laughs> did anyone really think the Goldfinch was going to do well in the theater? Mm. It just doesn't seem like a movie people really care about. And there's not. I mean, I know it's like a a big book, but like should have come out at Christmas. Mm, yeah, maybe get the the older crowd in there. No, I didn't expect it to make that much money, but that's like abysmal. Less than a million dollars. Yeah, I guess I would just need context, but like. To me, that just doesn't seem like the movie to go see on Friday night. <laughs> right. Okay, so for reference, this movie had a $45 million budget. Fuck. Hustlers only had a $20 million budget. Well, I don't know. In this day and age, I think you're you're kind of dumb for making a movie like this with that big of a budget. <laughs> <laughs> just because uh, people aren't going to see these kinds of movies. Yeah. Especially in the theater. Like, Yeah. Know. Okay. You guys ready to move on to what we've been watching? Yeah. yeah um, before I forget, though, I want to make a complaint. Sure. Formally, <laughs> that a another Mister Rogers movie is being made. This time, starring Tom Hanks. Even though you just got the full fucking documentary of his life a year ago, starring the actual Mister Rogers. They do that all the time. It's stupid. <laughs> got a double dip, dude. Mm. Got to cash in twice. Come on, Tommy Hanks. No, I'm boycotting. I'm you're going to go see it. No, I'm not going to see it. I agree. It's it's kind of gross when it's studios so gross. do this. But I'm annoyed that Tom Hanks is even doing it because he's like perfect for the the role. They but do this not with like the documentary just came out. They do this with foreign movies all the time, though. Any foreign movie that gets any sort of like buzz or makes any sort of money, they immediately get the rights and then turn it into an American remake. Is uh, Tony Erdman still happening? With Jack Nicholson? I'm assuming. He was going like, to come out of retirement for that shit. Yeah. I haven't heard anything since it was announced, but... That was a while ago now. Next Christmas. It'll, <laughs> it'll be next year's bucket list. Yeah. What's it? A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Is that what that movie's called? Yeah. It, it looks okay. Even I've seen a couple trailers. It looks just like the documentary poster, too, which is kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The same colors <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably their way of, like... Trying to tie it, it sucks to too because the too. documentary was really good and it didn't even get a nod last year for awards, which yeah, I don't that was get. Fucked up. How did it not get nominated for an Oscar? I don't know. It was a really good documentary. It wasn't like the best documentary I've ever seen, but I definitely. I think the Academy has something against times. documentaries that are primarily of like recycled like biopic. Footage. Oh, yeah, archival footage. Yeah, yeah, oh. recycled. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there was the animated stuff with Daniel the Tiger. Yeah, that looked neat. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I actually just rewatched that documentary like a week ago. Mm. Still good, still great, fantastic. Okay, I've said my piece. 
Uh, Tom, how much have you had a chance to watch? I mean, you've been gone for a while. Oh, yeah. But we got to hear in, your in thoughts the interim. on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, so yeah. I was telling Let's Travis, there. I only saw that. I didn't watch any other movies at home because it's just too interrupted. You don't get a good experience. So I have seen six seasons of The Great British Baking Show. How long are the? How many episodes are in the those ten seasons? each? Oh, okay. So uh, six seasons. Yeah, correct. Ten episodes each, though, dude. I've watched more Love Island than that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so seven is um, going now. It's Netflix now, so mm-hmm. like it just loads up every week. Um, but don't worry. There's lots of like peripheral Great British Baking Show material. There's some other like beginning season I can watch. There's a holidays season I can watch. <laughs> There's a lot left. Have you seen Sugar Rush? I think I did. Haley and I like that show. We haven't watched season two yet, but it's like a Netflix huh. cooking competition show where okay. they have Maybe like I turned it on for like a second. But. It's it's entertaining. It's like four teams and they compete through different rounds and then if you lose you get sent home and the ends up just being two and then you know it's like they do cool sugar work and it's like the theme challenges and mm-hmm. i don't know it's, it's a fun one of those kinds of shows great british bacon show just makes me so happy yeah it's such a good show i cry every finale when the prime when the person's finally awarded it's so great it's such a wholesome show <laughs> those brits are so nice to each other they like hug each other after after challenges and they encourage each other and they help each other out if this was an american bit breaking uh baking show people would be like putting salt in each other's flour and you know, talking shit to the camera and doing all this crazy stuff it's just not like that it's so nice hmm. anyway once upon uh, a time in hollywood yeah watch once upon a time in hollywood i liked it i liked it quite a bit um definitely not my favorite tarantino probably not in my top three or four um, but not on the bottom either. It had uh, kind of a weird feel to it. Um, and then at the end, it was all just sort of like one big joke. <laughs> 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 but um, but I didn't mind it. And I liked the movie a lot more from... There's a point about halfway where brad pitt goes to the farm or whatever from that point on i was really enjoying the movie the first half or whatever chunk it was was pretty boring um i don't know what what did you guys think just like when one sentence you oh, agree loved you it. best it. movie of the year <laughs> he loved it <laughs> loved the whole thing start to oh, finish yeah, that was yeah cream thought cream. the end was a genius oh toy, yeah. Uh, like yeah yeah okay and you hated it. You thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was okay. I think I rated it a, a three. Uh huh. It's just boring. I was, was, was not boring? interested. Well, I like the climax of the movie. Yeah. But all the stuff, like just watching Leonardo DiCaprio act, just, I was bored. All the stuff on the TV <laughs> sets, I just didn't care. Yeah. And I wanted it to be more of like a, a buddy movie. They don't hang out as much as I thought they were going to hang out. It's a buddy movie. They were... For like a fucking three-hour movie, they hang out for like 30 minutes. They were complicated, you know? They were like best friends, but in the way that like... You know, they they were too macho to really embrace being best friends. Like, they really just wanted to be roommates for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. But they just couldn't... I would love that. Give give me the Golden Girls version of of this. (laughs) No, but it wouldn't have been... Like, I like this because it was a little bit more tragic. Yeah. Um, 
and it was just fine. I think it's one of his worst movies, but um, I love Brad Pitt in a comedic role again. Oh, he's great. He's, I mean, it, it wasn't Burn funny. After Reading, but he was pretty good. No, but it had its moments. It was like, I mean, Brad Pitt is. He's Brad Pitt, you know. He yeah, he's the man. Does, he does his thing in all of his movies. Um, he's never really going to take you by surprise, but it does Not surprise anymore, me anyway. when he can do his his, you know, like his comedic timing. I don't know. He's just a talented, a talented guy. Leo's also pretty awesome in it. Yeah, Leo's. Yeah, they're awesome. they're both great. Yeah, amazing. Um, <laughs> and I liked the I liked the misdirection of like Margot Robbie and that whole thing. Like, cause you think obviously knowing the story and everything, and then it just turns out differently. Yeah. I, I liked that. I appreciated that about it. But. I, it makes the title make more sense too. Once mm-hmm. upon a time, it's like, okay, a reimagining, but all right. So give, give us your star rating. Uh, I, th- I rated it four stars. Okay. Smack dab in between two of us. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you were, you're in the middle of my, review and then the consensus of the rest of the people on the pod jay gave it like a two because i feel like you paris and jay were all right around the same to a degree he hated it he said the only thing jay said the only thing he liked about true, it true he was the most negative like the acting or something i don't even remember what he said he liked he was like everything else though hated it or whatever <laughs> yeah like he didn't like the dialogue <laughs> or like yeah he was harping on the dialogue huh but he's a huge Tarantino fan, so he he didn't get his um his milk in the French farmhouse scene. No, he yeah. wanted he wanted I want Jackie Brown, I want Pulp Fiction, I want the hard crime drought. Like that was his, his thing. Yeah, I I did like um just the setting, you know the it was the seventies or sixties, late sixties, late sixties, right? Uh, I thought they did a good job of that, making it feel like the late sixties without overdoing it, which is what some movies do. Yeah. Uh, except for there was too much Brad Pitt in his car listening to like a million songs. Oh, from this the era. guy fucking ate that was him awesome. up. It was cool, but they they overdid it. You know, it's like why do we need to see him at the beginning of his trip listening to one song and then the end of his trip listening to another song? It's just like Tarantino couldn't decide which song he wanted to play. So, <laughs> so put, just put them all them in there. In. Just like let's just show him here, here, and here. I mean, obviously you have four songs in the drive between this place, so let's get all four of them in. No, he had to have all that driving because it's just like the idea of driving around Los Angeles without traffic is just so alien that it was like he just had to put it in here because it's like blew people's minds. Like, what? Yeah. He's moving (laughs) on the freeway? (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. All right. That's it for uh, Once Upon a Time. Yep. All right. Travis, how much do you got? Uh, I will probably only talk about a couple things. Yeah, I got some TV and like two movies. That's it. I'll start with the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Oh yeah, you watched watch that after watch. we recorded last, right? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So easily accessible. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, didn't realize he had such a rough life. He sounds like he had a pretty rough childhood and just struggled with a lot of things that people in this profession struggle with. Um, It's kind of crazy how they all kind of have the same through line. It's kind of sad. I mean, it's like the wrestler, the movie, like just nails Nails the whole like trajectory of a wrestler's career. Yeah. And this kind of feels similar. It just like a documentary version of it. Um, 
but yeah, like I didn't realize, and I don't really want to give it away because, well, I don't know. It's not really a spoiler, but I didn't realize how involved like DDP was, Diamond Dallas Page. Um, and like, it was cool how the, the documentary also spent time on other characters as well, or other like people, um, like Scott Hall and stuff. But man, I got a little teary-eyed towards the end when Scott Hall gives his Hall of Fame speech and he does his little like, he does like, it's almost like a poem, but it is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember what I'm talking about or no? It's been a while. Oh. I think I saw it probably two years ago. I talked about it on the show when I saw it, but. It's been a little while. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil it, okay? So yeah, just yeah. Th- thirty seconds if you really don't want this piece of history spoiled. If you don't want to be spoiled by Scott Hall's speech, snake. but he says something like, uh, something about like times being hard and like blah blah blah. But then he does this whole like, um, and bad things don't last. I, I I'm gonna butcher it, so I don't want to. I never mind. Cool. Uh, yeah, I fucking. <laughs> <blew it. laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's amazing. <laughs> you know what? Times are hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, I know if I attempt it, I'm going to butcher it, and it'll just ruin just it. Just watch so, the movie. Yes. Or try and just find that clip on YouTube. Yeah, you could probably do that, too. <laughs> but you kind of need the, the build-up. The context. The way they edit the footage all together. Is awesome. wouldn't, it wouldn't hit like that if you didn't have the preceding context. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was just... I used to love wrestling when I was a kid, so it was cool just to kind of go back in that world. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah. Great story, though. Great doc. Yes. Good stuff. Fantastic. Um, what else did I watch? I watched. Uh, oh, I watched that souvenir movie, the A twenty four. The souvenir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was like in one eye out the other. Just really not much to say about it. Like, <laughs> not not for me really. Not I've heard a, some good things about. Not it. Not a bad movie, but just not for me. Yeah, sure, people sure. love it, but it's just yeah. But not Travis. It's not a good time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of good time, I rewatched Heaven Knows What. Their movie that they released prior to Good Time. And the first time I watched it, I didn't really like it. But I hadn't seen Good Time yet. This time, fucking loved it. God, this guy so totally badly flipped. wants to be the third softie, brother. <laughs> yeah, I've always said he's a big softie. <laughs> uh, true story. But anyways, I just like how like gritty and realistic their movies are. It's It's a... Breath of fresh air. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like their their movies are kind of one of a kind. Like they they have a a nice signature, which is dirty. Just <laughs> yeah, dirty. Like it just and their movies give me like a anxiety. Like they they're stressful, but I like that feeling. Yeah, so that's why I play Apex so much. <laughs> it stresses me the fuck out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, real good. It's well, okay. So the main thing I liked about it, besides like all the aesthetic stuff, is um, I think it's a really good and realistic portrayal of a drug addict and someone like living on the streets. So, man, I feel like you might like it. Well, no, I think you'd be turned off by the the style of it. The stuff that I love, I feel like, is the stuff you. Well, I think hate. it's just like too indulgent or something. Or um, it's just a little too. Shall we? Like try hard, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, is, like, 
I don't know. There's stuff so like low budget that I feel like you got to give them some credit. I'm gearing up for a for a good time rewatch. So let's see how I feel after okay. the the good time rewatch. Are you gonna do that before or after Uncut Gems? Before Uncut Gems. Tom, are you gonna rewatch Good Time? Uh, I actually would like to. But what are you guys talking about? Before what? Heaven knows what. Oh, he's got a new movie coming oh, out. What's Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. It's got Adam Sandler. It's gonna be huge. The Oscar buzz is back in full force for maybe I did the hear Sands. about this. Uncut he plays like a gems. fucking jewelry store owner or something, or yeah, like a sounds like a deal goes wrong and then oh. chaos ensues. I'm excited. This looks cool. It's gonna be a good time all over again. <laughs> there aren't enough movies about diamonds anymore. I feel like diamonds used to be in the spotlight more back in the day. The blood diamond came out and people were saying, like, <laughs> <laughs> "Uh oh." <laughs> um, I'll just—is this how we get them? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'll keep moving along. So I don't think you ended up seeing this, but I went and saw The Nightingale. Yeah, I didn't feel good, so I bailed. And then by the time I want, I was like ready to see it again. Did you see my star rating? I, already, I did see your star rating. It's pretty great. Fuck. Better than The Babadook, but I think that movie's overrated. That's amazing. <laughs> I think uh, it's a good movie, but people overhype it. But anyways, Nightingale. Nightingale. Uh, honestly, I wasn't that psyched to see this just because... Runtime's a little long. It's a, it's a period piece. I heard it was pretty brutal, and I'm kind of over that phase of my life where I like to watch brutal stuff. The, the gore hound, like yeah. seeking out like the most fucked up stuff. Yeah, but it actually wasn't that bad, and maybe that sounds like rude of me to say, <laughs> just because of the content in it. But like, I don't know if you've seen like a couple episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. It's about as graphic as that i would say maybe a little more but there's definitely some brutal shit in here though don't get me wrong um but yeah it's just i didn't realize it was going to be like a a chase type movie like i didn't really know the plot because i hadn't yeah see a trailer or anything no Uh, i just knew it was like a revenge tale and you kind of figure out pretty quickly what the revenge is going to be before the events take place yeah but then like the whole movie is just basically this chase she's trying to find these people that wronged her in a way um and she like takes a guide who's like an aboriginal but it's just like about these basically two characters who have been like treated wrongly by people and they want to kind of go make it right um but yeah it looks really good it's very like well paced like for how long it is in the setting of it like i was never really bored i feel like the ending maybe fumbles slightly or it takes a little long to like wrap up, but pretty much all the way up until the ending, I was loving the movie. Saw this in teachers. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff. Definitely recommend it. Highly, highly recommend. I'll catch up with it for, uh, your end cram, the cram jam. And the, the lead was good in it too. I forget her name. I don't think she's really been in much. Uh, I didn't recognize her. I'm not even going to try it. Friends, oh yeah i see what you're the guy who plays uh or the guy who's like the main villain in this he's the guy from uh like me before you and um that one yacht movie with um what's her face (laughs) the one that came out oh adrift yes that one with uh shailene woodley yeah but it was weird seeing him uh play like a villain because he's usually like 
the pretty boy, like the baby face. Yeah. Like, so he's a heel in this movie. Yeah. When we're used to, he actually does a pretty face. good job though. Is the, yeah. Being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. I'll catch up with that one. Real good. Uh, also saw Brittany runs a marathon. I might see that this week. Also really good. Yeah. Before this week, I was like, this year movies fucking sucks. But after this week of movies, it's looking Feeling pretty better. good. And G- is this a five-banger, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. There are some new entries in my top ten right, as of right now. <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't much competition prior to this week. But, yeah, this movie, um, it's it's funny. It's well-acted. Um, Jillian Bell is pretty awesome in it. Um there's also a pretty funny, like, comedic relief character in it. Um, his name is oh gosh, <laughs> what am I doing to myself? Atkarsh um, Ambad Ambadkar Ambadkar. Oh, that's who I recognize it from. He's in the flashback scene of. Uh, well, he's like part of the story of the the flashback scene in uh, Blind Spotting, when he's like, "Oh, hey, you're the guy from," and then it. You know flashback about? scene blind spot this guy does he he looks familiar you're the guy uh, uh. oh oh i know what you're talking about when he goes to the the bar yeah and the guy they're like oh you're the guy that was in the uh from wherever the- well he wasn't in the bar he goes to his work because he works at like a doesn't he work at like a ups type place he's trying to get a job there i think yeah. right yeah anyways he's really funny in it um but yeah, I just think it's it's an important movie and a very relatable movie. I feel like everyone around our age range could relate to it. But it's just about like getting your shit together and like making better life choices. And um, I also like that it's centered around like training for a marathon because I've ran a half marathon before, so just kind of know what it feels like and just the way they portrayed some of the stuff was pretty accurate. Does she shit herself when she's running? No, but just like the feeling of like not wanting to finish and just the way they, you know, portray that. Sure. You got to see it. But yeah, it's super good. I too. I bet Sarah would like that. Yeah. Get a babysitter. It, it has we'll a... We'll wait for it to come out on... I don't need to see that in theaters. It has the same kind of tone as like the big sick. Mm. So... Maybe I'll see that uh, this week sometime. Highly recommended. Um, Oh, I watched Love True. Love True? It's a documentary uh, directed by Alma Harrell, the woman who's directing Honey Boy. Oh, okay. I'm very excited for. Um, This is a... This one reminded me of uh, Mining the Gap, kind of. Now you're talking my language. (laughs) (laughs) Just so the... The the basic gist of it is it follows like three different stories um, about like three different people in three different areas of uh, the country. Why is everybody named Boyd? What? Abraham Boyd, Angel Boyd, Harmony Boyd, Israel Boyd, John Boyd, John Valiant Boyd, in... Liberty Boyd, Michael Boyd. This documentary. Oh, I have Mrs. No idea. Boyd. Is it all one family? Uh, n- well, there's three different group like. There's three different people that they focus on. So, yeah, maybe that's a whole family that they're referring to. Huh. Um, so, yeah. The, the Are you still talking about Love True? Yes. From 2016? Yes. I don't see these Boyd people. The cast list? 
I'm, oh, lo- I'm looking at crew. <laughs> <laughs> there is no cast list on Letterboxd. Well, it's a documentary. Yeah. I don't think it does on Letterboxd. Anyway, so about three different stories, um, but it basically tries to like define love and like what love is um, all in 82 minutes what is yeah. love? <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh it's pretty experimental like you you can definitely see why she was picked for honey boy and like the imagery kind of matches the trailer for honey boy um but yeah it was well shot um i like the way it was edited too um but yeah pretty visually striking for a low budget uh, documentary like this. Where'd you watch it? Netflix. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Uh, Let me so take a peek. Yeah, I gave it like four stars. It maybe could have been a five star if the third story was more interesting. I mainly only cared about the first two stories, but they, they interweave them throughout the, the whole documentary. Oh, okay. Um, somewhat seamlessly. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's worth a watch. Another strip club setting. Yes. <laughs> that's all I'll uh, really say about that one. Um, I think that's about it. That's where I'll stop. Okay. Uh, a couple things. Uh, sounds like neither of you guys watched American Factory. Oh, no. sorry, Matt. <laughs> uh, it's a new Netflix doc. Uh, it's uh, produced by... Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama's like new company they have like a Netflix deal where they're bringing like feature films and documentaries no, like, to Netflix. Uh, wait, it was, was the Central Park Five th- thing part of that or no? Like the Ava DuVernay yeah. thing? No, I don't think so. Um, it was really good. So the gist of the documentary is that GM closed a bunch of plants throughout the Midwest after the recession. Uh, so they closed one of their main plants in, uh, Ohio in like 2013, 14, something like that. And a Chinese company decided to reopen the plant. They're like a glass manufacturer for like auto, uh, makers. So like Toyota and GM and all those companies, they produce like windshields and glass and stuff for the vehicles. So the Chinese company comes in and they were going to like revitalize the economy. And it's just way more interesting than it sounds because there's like what i appreciate most about it is that the movie doesn't really have an agenda it takes kind of a fly on the wall approach to filmmaking where the characters are just kind of telling their own story like it's not like a talking heads like sit down interview where the directors are asking probing questions and there's it's mostly just the cameras in meetings at the factory it's walking around the floor listening to people it's going to people's homes and stuff like that so it's the character the subjects get to tell their own story and what's so interesting is that there's a lot of culture clash stuff that's really interesting because the the company since it's a chinese company they brought over and transferred a lot of chinese workers so seeing them interact with the American workers, like there's one scene where uh, some of the people are talking, they're talking in Chinese and <laughs> they're talking about how the Americans are super hard to manage and they're slow because they have fat fingers and they're just bad <laughs> at the work. And like, they're always talking about how profits are down and efficiency is down because the Americans are lazy and entitled. Uh, they go to, uh, some of the managers get to go on a trip to Shanghai to see one of the Chinese factories. And my God, like the people working in that factory are like robots. 
Like they're just so efficient. They move like their movements are so precise and everything is just running like clockwork. But then you get into kind of like the labor abuse aspect mm. of it. Cause at the American factory, it's eight hours a day, five days a week. The Chinese factory, some of them only get one or two days off a month and they're working like 12 hours a day. And barely making enough money to like feed their family. Like they don't see their family. It's like you get that. But they're all so proud. Like you get the part of what's so interesting is that in America, everyone's kind of out for themselves. You know what I mean? Like you're working for a paycheck and trying to put food in your hands, but you're kind of just thinking about yourself. In China, even though they're overworked and they're underpaid, like there's a camaraderie there, you know what I mean? The cultures are just so different. So to get to see them interact and they make fun of each other, there's a little bit of racist stuff because uh, one of the guys that they interview the factories, like he points to like the video screens because they have like, he's like, why do I have to come to work and see these Chinese babies on the screen? Like, why can't they put American babies up there? This is an American oh company, God. like <laughs> shit like that, you know what I mean? Um, but it's, it's really good. Um, there's some sad stuff. Uh, there's some heartwarming stuff. Mm. There's, uh, some interesting, like you get to see some behind the scenes business stuff. Uh, the guy who owns the company, they call him chairman and like people just worship this guy. So it's like kind of interesting. Cause there's this guy just walking around. Everyone refers to him as chairman. And it's just, it's just interesting. You get to see some weird, like culture shock stuff. It's really good. I logged it as like a 4.5. Totally worth right. watching. Yeah. Better than most of the um, political docs you partake in on Netflix. <laughs> I don't. Well, I wouldn't call it a political documentary explicitly. There is an element of that for sure, but it's not about politics per se. It's more just about like you know labor practices and and working I'm class about families. A business in China. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the other thing. People who were working at that GM plant, some of them were making like 30 bucks an hour. Some of the people were making like 14 bucks an hour at this Chinese company. So they had their wages like literally cut in half. And it gets into some of the ramifications of, of that. How Wait. you go from making all this money to making so little. Hold on. So, so when the uh, when the Chinese company opened up the factories so in the U.S., they retained the workers? No, they paid $14? Whose whose money got cut in half? The the, the so they former employees former of GM. employees of GM coming back to work at this factory for this Chinese company. Yeah. The so they retained some of the workers then, or hired them on. They hired some of them back on. Yeah, yeah. But but for a totally different wage, a totally different 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 job. Yeah, but it's hard fucking work too. I'm sure it is. And then it's funny, there's a scene... It sucks when you're like reliant on a factory in your town yeah. for a job. And then when it, like the whole economy... And then, oh, good, crumbles. another factory is coming back. I know how to work at a factory. Oh, yikes. Yeah, it's brutal. There's also like super like labor, not labor, uh, union conflict because they want to they unionize and the Chinese company is like big no-no. Mm-hmm. Like at one point, the, the chairman says, uh, if they unionize, I'll just close the factory because mm-hmm. I'm already losing enough money as it is. Uh, Why did they open it in the U.S.? Because it's closer to the companies that they want to sell to? Well, that's part of it. They basically make it sound like they want to basically prove that Chinese companies can come to America and open successful factories as opposed to American companies going to China and basically exploiting the the labor force. You know what I mean? They basically wanted to prove 
uh, or at least the chairman's perspective was that he wanted to prove that a, a Chinese company basically, you know, puff, puff your chest a little bit. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was quite good. If he wants to puff his chest, he should stop saying shit like that on um, documentaries. Yeah, there's a I wouldn't call them gotcha moments, but yeah, there's some stuff where it's like, does he know there's cameras here? Yeah. Like, I know they don't speak Chinese, but they're gonna play it back and have someone listen to it mm-hmm. and put subtitles on, like, mm-hmm. you know, some some good moments there. Totally worth watching. Cool. Uh, other than that, just a couple quick TV things. Uh, the Good Place is coming back. Season three just got added to Netflix. I fucking love that show. I know you kind of gave up on it. Prematurely, but that's a that's a fucking great show. Okay, loving it. About halfway through season three right now. Season four is the final season. Starts in like a week. Might try and watch it live because it's an NBC show. So might use my uh, HD antenna. Watch that shit live. Great show. Did you ever watch Good Place? Did not. That's the best. It's the best. Maybe I will though. I need another uh, short comedy show. Yeah. Go back to It's Always Sunny. Yeah, I'd have to do that on my own, though. I think Chelsea's She's done? Up. Yeah. It's the, it's the best. <laughs> um, it's okay. And then the only other thing I'll mention, uh, Undone. How familiar are you guys with this? Uh, Zero? Yeah, at the moment. Maybe you can rejog my memory. Amazon animated show. It's like rotoscope oh, animation. I heard about it. Uh, from the creator of BoJack Horseman. Mm. So you got Raphael Bob oh, Waxberg. I've been, wa- I've been watching a lot of BoJack. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That show is Love that good, show. right? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it all? No. I think I'm somewhere towards the start of season four. Have you seen the underwater episode yet? Yes. It's good, right? It is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's what, legitimately one of my favorite shows. I know. I want to finish it because there's a podcast where I think they got nominated for some Emmys. And they podcasted? They went, no, no, no. Uh, Bojack. Bojack did, and the creators went on Fresh Air. Oh, okay. And I just wanted to listen to that, but they're going to talk about season five, and I want to get through season five first. Right. So it's just going to sit in my playlist until I'm done. Mm-hmm. So anyway, one of the creators of Bojack Horseman, This is it's like rotoscope animation, so it's like uh, Scanner Darkly, uh, Waking Life. Like It's the actors are actually there, but they're doing trippy the animation tower. on top of it. Yeah. I didn't see the tower, but similar animation style. Um, and it's like a metaphysical distortion of time, kind of sci-fi stuff to it. Basically, the main character is Rosa Salazar, who was Alita Battle Angel. She plays like a 28-year-old, like depressed Mexican-American woman. And the show is about basically... How old is Alita? Isn't she like 16 or 17 or something? Alita? Yeah. Well, the actress is 34. Right, but... Alita's young, yeah. Interesting. She plays a 28-year-old in this show. Well, I didn't realize the actress was 34, but it's funny that she's portraying like... In the same year, like a (laughs) 17-year-old and followed by a 28-year-old when she's actually 34, yeah. Yeah, I'm confused. Holy crap. Um, She's 34? Stay in a lane. Jesus Christ. She was a child. (laughs) Um, This show is really fucking good so far. Because you deal with, like, the... There's an element of, like, malaise around her being frustrated with her routine and just being bored. Like, there's several montages of, like, getting up, brushing teeth, drinking coffee, going to work. You know, like, the goes quickly. It just shows, like, her doing all this routine stuff. 
So there's an element of that, but basically the trigger is that she gets in a car accident and it kind of unlocks this like potential where she, it's kind of like time as a circle. You can kind of move the arrival thing mm-hmm. where you can move backward and forward in time because you open up, open your third eye or whatever kind of shit. Mm-hmm. So there's like really neat sci-fi stuff, but at its heart, it's about the relationship with her family and her boyfriend and stuff. It's, it's really good. It's already made me cry. I think once some pretty is heavy stuff. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, he he's he's her dad. <laughs> Bob Odenkirk is her dad. Um, David Diggs is in it. He's a pretty minor but character. But it's all animated like this. It all looks like that. Some some of the coolest animation I've seen in a in a television show. Who watched that? It's only eight episodes. The That's episodes cool. are like twenty two minutes. You know, oh, wow. so it goes quick. I've got like two episodes left. Um, I'm loving it. It's mm. one of the most ambitious television shows. Did I you say who? Like is the creator Raphael Bob Waxberg? Oh right, the Bojack horse. Bojack movie. and uh, Kate Purdy, who I think was the lead like animator on Bojack or something like that. But this is a different animation style than Bojack. Right? Completely, Bojack's yeah. like South Park almost, right? Maybe no. a little better. <laughs> it, it looks like a like an animated like family yeah. guy. Bojack does kind of like good, a, it's got some good animation. It does like a watercolor thing. Yeah, for some some of its textures. It's it, like. Uh, uh, like family guy or you know pretty yeah. standard it doesn't they do some trippy stuff but it's not gonna blow hill. you away it reminds me most of king of the hell i see yeah i, I guess i can see that yeah. i was just wondering who was like the main inspiration for the animation style oh uh, yeah i don't i think kate purdy is the she's also a writer but i think she's the lead animator or something like that uh it's fantastic only eight episodes or short episodes I'll report back once I finish it. I got like two episodes left, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll probably check that out. Loving it. Mm-hmm. Besides that, just been watching fucking Love Island. Great show. <laughs> Best show. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else you guys want to uh, throw out there before we uh, wrap her up? No, I know Travis is itching. Yeah, the Seahawks game. Was, We're like yeah. 30 minutes deep. Uh, it's 0-0 zero, zero as of right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't missed anything. Uh, next time. Sounds like. The Next NFL. episode. <laughs> uh, for sure doing Brad Astra. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking stoked on that. People really? are saying it's like, oh, yeah. The reviews are saying it's like super existential, not? heady. Like, Why are you not excited for that's that? That's my shit. I yeah, saw the trailer and I thought shit. it didn't look that great. Mm. Yeah. And I then don't... I saw it was PG-13 and I was like, mm. I don't think the trailer makes it look that great. But come on. People are saying it's like existential, like will make you reevaluate your life kind of shit. That's like that's my lane. I'm right hoping there. it's it better. It needs to be at least as good um, in that regard as um, uh, uh, it starts with an A. Arrival? No, last year, February, X mocking a guy, annihilation. annihilation, annihilation. Was that last year? Yeah, yeah. It has to be at least. It needs to have at least that much uh, reevaluate your lifeness to it. I think it'll have more. Than that really? i didn't reevaluate my life after annihilation oh, but it was super trippy yeah it's trippy okay whatever <laughs> uh how stoked are you guys for rambo last blood i'm not that excited never heard of it me either, i thought but... i was excited but who stars it's <laughs> good one tom we're glad to have you back <laughs> <laughs> Um. So what are we Something doing? Something else is coming out though. I thought I'm looking right now. We got Ad Astra, Three from Hell, dude. I'm not seeing fucking down there. Me neither. Abbey. Me neither. You know. Oh, uh, Joker maybe. Is That's October fourth gonna be a? Eighth. Is didn't it come? It just come out the eighth. I thought. 
October 4th is when Joker comes out. Oh. Lucy in the Sky. People are shitting on that movie. That's October 4th, that's too. That's one with Nally Portman? Yeah. Oh. Parasite's coming up. Uh, I think that might be it, at least between now and when we record next. I think uh, Ad Astra and Rambo and Downton Abbey are like the... Oh, we could do Goldfinch. Yeah, we could. I don't know. Throw it on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that, at least. I think I'll probably see Brad Astra. Yeah? Out of those. Out of th- that and Rambo Last Blood. I think you're making the right call there. <laughs> Hopefully this is the movie I wanted High Life to be. Oh, dude, that's still the best movie of the year. You can have two space movies in your top ten. I hope so. <laughs> I'd have four if I could. <laughs> okay, cool. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you can, subscribe to all of our feeds. Like us on Facebook. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to boost, boost our visibility. Anything helps. Just listening to the show helps, too. Send us an email if you like. Yeah, it sounds like Matt may have lost some of my fan mail. So if you sent some, you just send it again. Might need to resend it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I may have lost uh, the the packages, maybe deleted some stuff. Uh, Send Tom your fan mail. Uh, That's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We'll be back. Took a quarter water, sold it in bottles for two bucks The Coca-Cola came and bought it for beans What the fuck? Have a baby by me, baby Be a millionaire, I write the check before the baby comes Who the fuck cares? I'm stanky rich I'ma die trying to spin this shit Southside's up in this bitch Yeah, I smell like the boat I used to sell dope You guys gotten a PSL yet this year? Hmm? No, not yet. not yet I was like, is that the new PlayStation? A what? Yeah, what's a PSL? <laughs> PlayStation Life. Pumpkin Spice Latte. <laughs> oh. No, I haven't. They actually, they have, I Travis, try that cold brew. I was just going to say, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. It's not super sweet. That's, you know, it's yeah. like the foam pumpkin. You got to ask for a half pump or half, half whatever. They, oh yeah. Pump. I get two pumps because they usually do four. Mm. I get two pumps. Okay. Because the, the full, if you just order one and you don't do that, it's, yeah. it's horrid. <laughs> But two pumps? Oh. You're overreacting. <laughs> no. I, it's Give me it's the, inedible. Give me the full pump every time. Dude, this guy gets fucking eight pumps when he goes. No. <laughs> just fucking pumpkin sediment like this thick yeah. at the bottom of the cup. Yeah.